Hey, thank you all for joining us here on Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. We're joined this week by the founder of a firm focused on growth strategy, media buying, and creative campaign development, among other things. He has been instrumental in executing multi-million dollar campaigns for the likes of Pop and Barkley, Wow, Heavy Hitters, and more brands. Well over 200 brands. He's done tremendous work. I want you all um, to welcome to Plant Profits, Madison Fiore, founder of the newly formed Matteo and Fiore Agency. How you doing? I, pre- I appreciate it, man. I- I'm great. It's a beautiful early morning in Los Angeles. I'm excited <laughs> to be on here. I got my coffee ready to go, so... Let's yeah, have fun. Uh, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's let's talk a little bit about and we're going to talk a lot today about how you got this thing uh, started with Matteo. Uh, but I, I want to I want people to kind of know what you're about. Uh, you know, I'm looking yeah. at you here. It's, it's really our first time laying eyes on each other. And and I'm thinking, I said, OK, is this guy really a former high school athlete, a star <laughs> in football and you know, lacrosse. I mean, is did that really go down? Is that real? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I uh, I grew up playing hockey out of oh. nowhere. I just I randomly fell in love with the sport. Uh, it got pretty intense to the point where you had to pick the route between like juniors, yeah. where you have to like leave your family and all that stuff, and right. fell in love with the sport of lacrosse just out of luck. It's basically hockey on grass. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, in yeah. Vegas, the sport was just blooming. Yeah, and I was pretty good at it because a lot of that training, and ended up playing Division One at University of Maryland. And, uh, whoa, 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 University of Maryland! You can't just—I mean, come on, man. That, that's like the <laughs> home of lacrosse. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. that is uh, that's like playing uh, playing uh, lacrosse at the mecca, at yeah. the center of the racket. I mean, this is it. You know, yeah. I know a little bit about Maryland lacrosse, man. So, were you on a title team? We were. I left my so, uh, the end, end of my sophomore year, and they won it my junior year after I left. So we made it to the Elite Eight my junior year. We had some injuries that year, but they won the title almost every year since I left. Yeah, I, I know, man. I'm just thinking, were you the reason? I mean, we're... oh man, maybe, maybe they were like, all right, no more Vegas kids, no more of those West exactly. Coast kids. We're gonna stick with the the East Coast kids, and we're gonna dominate this thing. Oh, was that what was the coach? Famous guy. Um, yeah, Coach Cottle. Yeah, was, was he the guy who recruited you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just a bit of luck and mm-hmm. a little bit of timing. I played a, a summer camp out there. Yeah, and I was in Las Vegas, so he couldn't see all of my high school games and all of my bad games. He only saw the good game where I played unreal. I got really lucky. Played with a really good team and went off on a summer camp and scored a bunch of goals and made a yeah. name for myself that one game and got an offer like a week later and didn't think twice and immediately took it. And man, yeah. the, the bonding experience of like playing division one was just incredible. Yeah. That's, that's a great deal, man. That, that is awesome. Uh, well, I mean, that tells me a little bit about you, man. But so what did you get out of that experience that you use today? Man, I think growing up in like the sports system yeah, and realizing Really, I mean, you know, I was a captain on almost every team: captain in football, right. captain in basketball, captain in lacrosse. Like uh-huh. every sport I played, I was a captain. I just realized that, like, you truly are only as strong as your weakest link. 
Yeah. Especially in like the agency relationship where you've got clients, designers and media buyers and brands and products and customers and all these things all coming together to build a company. You really have to be incredibly succinct. And mm-hmm. so I think really just treating your business and treating your organization, your colleagues and your clients as like a team right. um, is something that I've, that I've always kind of stuck with me. Yeah. So if, if you take, and I, I think that's, that's true, but the, the real question is what about you, Madison, that you believe made you captain? Why did your teammates believe you were one of their leaders? I think it was honestly really good parenting. <laughs> my uh, my <laughs> no, dad great. was really, really, really hard on me growing up about like being a leader, okay. um, and it wasn't. Really, it was never an option. It was never something to consider. It was just like that's who you're going to be, and here's how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so always being like first in line, always mm-hmm. being early to practice, always staying late, always mm-hmm. working with people that are you need to get better. Always working with the people that are the best and trying to like bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. It was just something I really enjoyed and that work ethic and that team camaraderie and leadership was, you know, kind of baked into me at a very young age. That's where it happens, man. That's where it happens. So if you take a look and, you know, just looking at your journey, right? Went to school, sports marketing, Tesla, cannabis and CBD marketing. So just take me through that a little bit because uh, it's quite interesting the path you took and how a guy like you and what you've done, you, you're now this, I mean, you're, you've created this wonderful uh, agency in this business, uh, Matteo and Fiori uh, agency. And uh, tell me a little bit about how you got there on a professional level. Yeah, I would say, honestly, a lot of like following your instincts and listening to mentors okay. um, throughout, throughout high school, uh, or excuse me, throughout high school a little bit, I worked closely with my dad. Um, who was an entrepreneur throughout college. He was in a lot of ventures that I got to kind of tag along on. Okay. Um, and when I graduated college, he had recently passed away. And so a lot of those kind of co-ventures that he was working on did their job, did their kind of, I guess, took it on them their shoulders to kind of absorb me into those ventures. Okay. None of those ventures ended up panning out. I worked for maybe four or five of them. <laughs> and it was like, okay, this one's going and it's gone. And this one's going and it's gone. Why did you keep going back? Why did you keep coming back and doing very similar things? Yeah, I'd say they're very different, right? Like one was a casino gaming company that I worked at for six months. They went, uh, they just, they didn't even dissolve. They just let everybody go besides the founder because they had some tech that they held on to. And then I went to like a a pro lacrosse sports league that we were trying to help develop. I got absorbed into adrenaline and uh, Mm -hmm. I just kept trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then, I got really passionate, you know, like a lot of um, young people about like climate change and clean energy. And that was during this massive boom in California when there were a ton of tax incentives for like solar. So I just kind of fell into it out of a friend of a friend who was doing really well financially, like making a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. I went down that route and then I fell down the Elon Musk kind of fan hole. So how how did you get there? Tell me, how did you get to Tesla? What was the driver of that? Yeah, I mean, I was in college. One day, yeah. someone came to speak to our team, our lacrosse team, because, well, you know, athletes are typically pretty good salespeople. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we need people to go door to door and sell solar panels. Yeah. We'll give you, you know, $800 for every deal you close. And I was like, I could give that a go. Yeah. Did it for a summer, made some pretty good money. Did it again the next summer, made even better money. And then I graduated, did all those ventures. And I was like, hey, I wonder if that, you know, solar thing is still going on. So I went back 
And in that process, I get hit up by a recruiter who had seen yeah. that I had been in solar for you know, almost two and a half years. And I joined Solar City maybe a, a, a week later. I'll never forget because they drug tested. And so I was running around, I was running around Southern California with double hood, hooded hoodies on. Oh, yeah. You're trying to sweat this thing out. Yeah. <laughs> trying to sweat it out, but I got the job. I worked there. It was incredible for the, for the, I think I was there for about a year and a half, almost okay. two years. Okay. And then they got acquired by Tesla. So the Solar uh -huh. City company, they got acquired by Tesla maybe six months in. And so I was officially like a Tesla employee and, so it's really exciting, but if you guys know anything about Tesla, they do not pay very well. They don't have to, right? It's like kind of like some of the, the biggest companies in the world. They don't have to pay because it's like the logo you're going to their workforce. Yeah. And at that point in my life, I couldn't afford to not make good money, so I had to kind of figure out my next move. Yeah, yeah. So you you were in the solar game, not in the car game. Yes, yeah. So the Tesla owned Solar City, which mm -hmm. was in the kind of the Tesla circle of brands. Yeah, yeah. So. What was the deal that got you in the cannabis arena? I'll never forget. I mean, it was really easy. I was really close with our founder and CEO at Hawk. Um, the, okay. The agency was just on an absolute rocket ship. When I went there, we, you know, when I started there, we had 20 people. Yeah. So, so I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. And I want to, I want, I want that story in its entirety. Um, and, uh, We'll we'll do that when we come right back. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today, Mr. Madison Fiore, founder of the newly formed Matteo and Fiore Agency. We'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Plant Profits. I'm your host. Vern Davis. My guest today is Madison Fiore, founder of the newly formed Matteo and Fiore Agency. So Madison, you, you uh, were at Hawk. Tell us a little bit about that. This is how you got into this thing with cannabis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I was at, I was at Tesla and mm -hmm. they changed the comp plan dramatically. <laughs> so I decided I was going to go on like a spiritual quest journey to find myself. I went to Bali for a month Okay, and, uh, it seemed like every person I ran into there was some sort of a consultant. Everybody, okay. you know, okay. the the digital nomads of like 2016, 2017, and yeah. I'm a brand consultant, I'm a marketing consultant. I, I told them, just thought to myself, this is what I should be doing. I've been doing yeah. marketing for, you know, half a decade now. I should just yeah. kind of build my own consultancy. And I started that. And in that process, ran into a buddy who had just started working at Hawk Media, this okay. like very small agency. I think they had like 15 or 20 people. Okay. And he's like, you know, they're growing pretty quickly. You should meet our CEO. You know, I met their team. I started not even a week later, just out of like really great chemistry. Yeah. We really got along and I was passionate about the mission. Figured I would work there for six months and then go start my own thing. And yeah, <laughs> almost six years later, wow, uh, we, you know, helped grow the agency to 350 plus people. We had, you know, built agencies. We had acquired agencies. We had built a venture capital fund. Um, it was just an incredible ride, and I'm so thankful that that, that happened. Yeah. What were some of the, the critical challenges you guys faced as you were skyrocketing? I would say the one consistent thing that we could just never shake was the marketing employees, right? The people that were on accounts yeah, really having a hard time keeping up with the growth. 
at Hawk, we were onboarding a lot yeah. <laughs> of clients on a monthly basis. Yeah. We were onboarding a lot of employees on a monthly basis. Yeah. And with that type of growth is painful, especially for people that aren't necessarily with the mission, right? What they they a lot of people came thinking that the idea is like, hey, I just want to like do some really cool marketing stuff on a cool brand. Yeah. Not understanding that you're going to be managing anywhere between like, you know, five and 10 accounts at a time. And those accounts are going to be ever evolving. They're not the same five or 10 accounts. And so having people keep up with that was pretty difficult, but we did a much better job. I would say like, I would say going into like around the COVID time mm-hmm. of just setting the expectation for people in the recruiting and onboarding process of exactly what their bandwidth was going to look like. And the, the sky was the limit from there. Yeah, was it bandwidth or was it talent? You know, because that's always uh, the question, right? It, yeah. it, it's it's not mutually exclusive, I don't think. So, uh, what did you what did you see? You struggle, so you struggle with getting the right people doing the right things all the time in your business because you your 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 product was so successful that you were onboarding clients, clients, and clients, and it was hard. So, what what was the issue? Yeah, I really think it was, I think it was uh, just expectation setting with the people. We had really talented people. We had really driven people. Uh The hard part is like getting someone who's a really talented marketer and campaign developer, designer, media buyer, and then making them do it for a lot of accounts is really difficult because they're not used to that, right? If they come from the brand side or Mm -hmm. wherever they came from, there's almost no way they had the same workload that they had at Hawk Media. So I really think that it was just we we did a much better job towards the end of just setting expectations with people of kind of what the job was going to look like. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the people that left Talk Media, they are in incredible positions now. Okay. So you kind of sell them on like, hey, you're going to come in here, you're going to work really, really hard for the yeah. next, you know, 18 to 24 months. Right. And then you're going to basically go get a job doing whatever the hell you want. Yeah. What was key? Sounds like you guys were successful in getting great talent. Yeah. Right. What yeah. was how did you know when you were hiring that this person would be able to do what you needed to get done? And it was uh, this person was excellent talent. How did you know? Yeah, I think um, asking hard questions. Yeah. Right. Like getting getting into like a bit of role playing in the in yeah. the beginning, not necessarily like the first interview, but like before we're going to send you an offer letter, yeah. like actually getting through situational positions, being like, hey, Here's client X. This is what their this is their goals. This is their spend. What would you do? And then letting them explain to you, and then you know asking the hard questions about like, okay, what would you actually do? Because people say at a high level, a lot of people can fake it, but when you get down to the real X's and O's, yeah. it's tough to fake. So I think like situational discussions before onboarding is really important. Yeah, I think that's key in every <laughs> in every function and. In every industry, uh, you have to put people in the place of the role and and figure it out and see if they can they can perform. That uh, that's 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 good uh, good but, insight for us. But I think also you know mm-hmm. culture culture yeah. like all caps was so incredible at Hawk Media. Like we had the coolest office in Santa Monica. It was okay. absolutely stunning. We had annual cruises. We did an annual cruise with the entire team. We had monthly wow. happy hours sure. with the entire team. We had like com- we had a uh, comp plans 
mm-hmm. for everyone in the agent in the agency to like be a part of the upside. So if you managed more accounts, you made more money. If you brought in more accounts, you made more there money. You if, you, mm-hmm. if you worked harder, you made more money. Everybody owned a little bit of the company through like, mm-hmm. uh, an equity program. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a chance to be a part of the venture team. Everybody had a chance to be a part of things. Yeah, and so people weren't going to Hawk Media for the salary. They were going there for the experience, right? It's like, oh, it mm-hmm. was just it was just an incredible place to learn marketing, work with incredible brands, and work with incredible people. Yeah, this is, this is great. So, and you found people, so in your recruiting process, you found people that fit, meaning that they, what, what you were offering, turned them on. Yeah, 100%. And we had a pretty incredible like training program. So we were able yeah. to recruit people pretty young yeah. that were like, hey, I just want to work at a marketing agency. I just want to work with cool brands. Kind of where and you we were would... a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, after after a month, you had the tools to do your job mm-hmm. at a basic level. After three months, you had a, you had the tools to do it at a really high level. And after six months, you should have been you know, one of the best in the business, because if you're focused just on one niche at like Google ads or Facebook ads or email, and you're mm-hmm. doing that at such a high volume with such high volume or high performing people around you, you yeah. learn pretty damn quick. Yeah. Marketing and cannabis. Wow. That that <laughs> seems like oh, to put that together is hard. I mean, and it's evident it, people yeah. struggle with this. So what's the key, man? And 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 give me some ideas and give us some ideas of where you where you can visibly see the efforts that you guys at Hawk put into it mm-hmm. that it actually helped shape a brand. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of keys specifically with cannabis. I, yeah. I think the biggest miss that I personally see, and and one of the opportunities that I think I see with this this agency yeah. is the miss around like what brand is. Mm. Cannabis is so commoditized currently. People are especially high like volume consumers. They go in, they look for the best deal. They have the same routine. They go to the same dispensary. They mm-hmm. get the cheapest product or the best deal mm-hmm. and then they walk out. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like that forever. I don't think it's going to be like that in six, nine, 12 months. And I think as marketers, we are responsible for changing patterns. Yes. And I I think that understanding that like a brand, like some of the, you know, the clients that we work with are just absolutely incredible at it. And then some of our clients were getting them there. It's just understanding that to get somebody to try your product isn't necessarily a win to get someone to create a habit is the mm-hmm. win that we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. And building that community, like every other brand in the world does with cool content and email and SMS and new product launches and promotions and like content calendars and partnerships. Those are types of things that like are just no brainers in just about every other marketing mix. But in cannabis, people are so like focused on that one kind of like conversion and getting in every dispensary possible. that I think there's a big miss in this industry and that's what I'm here to try to solve. That's great. And I want to dive into that, but first, Tell me how you met Rosie and and how did this this whole thing come about? Yeah, I mean, I've known Rosie for a long time. I think we had spoken on a panel together maybe in 2019 or maybe 2020. And then we okay. had spoken on another panel in 2021. And then I uh, we, we went to the Benzinga conference, which I spoke on a panel with. I got off mm-hmm. the stage and ran into her in the back. We started talking and I was, you know, I was kind of telling her that 
I really think there's an opportunity for a hawk like agency, but mm-hmm. just hyper specialized in this one vertical. Yeah. Um, we started bouncing ideas off each other and two weeks later we launched a joint venture. <laughs> that fast. That's Rosie though. If you know Rosie, yeah. she is a deal maker. She's yeah. one of the she's one of the most efficient communicators I've ever known. Yeah. <laughs> we started a company together after maybe an hour and a half of, dis- of discussion. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we just knew though. I told her what I wanted to do. She told me what she was looking to do. And yeah. we knew exactly kind of where, where this thing would fit. We made it happen right away. Oh, that's great. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. My guest today is Mr. Madison Fiore. And uh, he is the founder of the newly formed Matteo and Fiore Agency. Uh, when we come back, we're going to, we're going to dig into exactly the problems you guys are solving. We'll be right back. Plant profits will return. So our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of plant profits. My guest today is Mr. Madison Ferrari, and he is a founder of the newly formed Matteo and Fiore agency, and so Madison, so here we are, we got this, this cool thing. Uh, we got Rosie and you getting together and forming Matteo and Fiore agency. What do you do? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I think what, what we do is really zoomed out from what I learned during my time at Hawk Media. So Hawk, okay. super powerful performance marketing agency, very proficient in building growing brands online during okay. that time. I had a meeting with our with my buddy Eric, um, who was the CEO of is the CEO of Hawk and founder. We had a coffee. He made me meet him at six in the morning. I, I'll never forget it. If you if I wanted to get time on his calendar, I had to get him at six a.m. And uh, he's like, "So what do you want to do?" I'm like, "You know, I just don't. I'm not feeling like I'm going anywhere. I feel like I'm kind of just spinning my wheels." He's like, "Well, pick an industry and go own it." And yeah. I was like, "Okay, well, what industry?" And you know, I'm looking at health and wellness and beauty and, you know, all these things. Yeah. You know, I've always been passionate about the plant. Uh, you know, my story around cannabis, I grew up with an alcoholic father. He grew up with an alcoholic father. He grew up with an alcoholic father. Wow. I grew up in Las Vegas, right? In Las Vegas, <laughs> a lot of people abuse drugs Something. in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, alcoholism, that. drugs, um, painkillers, you name it. And I had a, a close friend, family friend who was, you know, used cannabis. And he was the best to hang out with. He mm-hmm. was nice. He was fun. He was helpful. He's playful. He's always trying to feed us. It was great. I was like, wow, why aren't, why aren't, why isn't everybody like that? Right. And then I grew up, started to use cannabis. And I just think that this plant has such an opportunity to make an impact on this society, both medicinally and recreationally. Yeah. And I would really love to be a catalyst for that change. Sure. I grew up, you know, I graduated college in 2012. Mm-hmm. 2008 to 2012, there was a bit of alcohol consumed. Yeah. And I don't think that's a healthy habit for the next generation. I don't want that habit to right. carry on to the next generation. Um, and so you know, I hope to be a catalyst for change. So I chose to be in a cannabis space in the next three years that I focused on cannabis at Hawk. Yeah. Know, heavy hitters, Medi- MedMen, Jetty Extracts, Wild, Pop and Barkley. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, heavy hitters and so many others. Right. But I just kept feeling like these brands specifically were getting underserved, not only by Hawk, but also with just about every other agency they worked with because they didn't come to Hawk first, mm-hmm. right? They left an agency, they came to Hawk, they left Hawk, they went to another one. 
And the whole time I'm just like, you guys don't have a chance. It's too damn hard yes. to do cannabis marketing, especially for these agency people that they know their one thing, right? They're really good at Facebook or they're really good at web. And cannabis is so fragmented and so difficult that you really need someone who understands cannabis and not the, mm. the plant, but like the plant helps, <laughs> but yeah. understanding the rules and regulations and the red Compli tape around compliant them. marketing, successful compliant marketing. Right. Exactly. And so I was trying my best to lead compliant and strategy across all of these accounts at one time, but it got to be too right. big. And I just realized that I needed to build an entire team hyper-specialized <laughs> on this plant. Um, and so I'm essentially doing that now. Um, we've and got you're doing that in this new agency, right? Exactly. So, so we've got a team of five right now. Okay. We've got about 15 additional like subcontractors and freelancers that I've worked with for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and we're just trying to figure out ways to build and grow brands online, especially knowing that there's a big difference between CBD and cannabis and dispensary and delivery yeah. in New York and New Jersey and Michigan and California. And our team is spending, you know, hours daily staying ahead of those different kind of rules and regulations. Okay. I'm a MSO. I own multiple brands mm -hmm. and why would I come to you versus some other agency? Well, there's a handful of reasons. One, you're probably already working with Rosie. <laughs> and so uh, you're probably working so it's, with Rosie. So it's the going. devil you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're already working with Rosie. We come in, we provide essentially yeah. an in-depth audit of what you're currently doing on paid media, email, strategy, SMS, creative campaign development. Yeah. And then we come together and put together like some some sort of a plan. And then we roll out that plan. We have a, a client just like that right now. Okay. One of the biggest MSOs in the world. Okay. So we're running advertising across multiple states. We're helping de develop those creative campaigns, shoot those creative campaigns, implement those creative campaigns. Like promotional strategy, we manage your WeMaps advertising. We can mm -hmm. manage your iHeartChain advertising. Basically all the stuff that I wish I was able to do at my former agency, yeah. I built into this specialized agency because we really are just specialized in this. So yeah. Having deep relationships with WeMaps and Jane and mm -hmm. Elo and Surfside and basically all these tools is really advantageous for our clients. Yeah. So what do you tell your client about what it takes to build a brand? And what is what's their expectation of a brand at this stage? Of, yeah. And let's let's just stay with with this client. This is a the one you're talking about. This mm -hmm. this client is, is this huge MSO. So do they have, do they know what expectations should be or are you teaching them expectations? So this specific client absolutely has expectations. They're probably mm -hmm. one of the highest performing marketing MSOs in the world. Okay. Um, uh, that's what drew me into them. Um, okay. So absolutely. I would say like when it takes, when you're when you working with clients on an ongoing basis, I love on the kickoff call when the whole team's there asking what their value proposition is. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's yeah. pretty incredible how rare people actually truly know like what their value proposition is. Like, why does your brand exist? Right? Yeah. Like why your brand, why your product? Sure. And so working backwards from there, helping formulate what their true value proposition is and then helping articulate that. But mm -hmm. I think every client we've worked with yet has come to us to spend money on advertising and grow the business. And I've kind of helped uh, held all of them back yeah. because in order for any sort of paid media or advertising, or top of funnel traffic in general to work, you have to have a funnel that's going to help nurture and convert that traffic. And so we spend a lot of time in the first 90 days 
developing and optimizing your web presence, your organic yeah. social presence, your email automations and flows. The foundation. SMS. The foundation. Yep. Yeah. Your content calendar, all sure. of that type of stuff. Yeah. Once you have that set up and you truly have it running like a effective business in 2022, then mm-hmm. we can start to fill the top of funnel knowing it's going to convert because we have all these kind of pathways to get them to convert. And then once they do convert, extending lifetime value with like, you know, post-purchase upsells and promotions and new product releases and giveaways and stuff that's going to interact with our customer. Mm-hmm. But in order to get advertising to perform across any business, not even in cannabis, you have to have that marketing funnel there to make it work. Yeah. So, you know, when I hear you talk, this is what's so comforting. And so I get really excited about it. When I hear you talk about building these cannabis brands, it's the same conversations that I have with folks who are not in cannabis that build consumer brands, right? Exactly. It's the same thing. And it's exciting to hear that you're taking these folks back to basics and and making sure that if you have an awesome message, it, it doesn't mean anything if people can't access it, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean anything if the product isn't there. It, it doesn't mean anything uh, unless the message drives the consumption or the, the yep. you know, it doesn't mean anything. So, mm-hmm. and, and the opportunity to work with someone like you. So or is, is there, and I got to think you have competition out there or is there anybody competing with you? You don't have to name I'm them, just, but do you feel competitive? Yes. I mean, yes, there's competition. I think okay. our competition is every agency that's trying to go after these cannabis brands, right? right? So it's not necessarily cannabis specific, okay. but any other option that these brands have to work with yeah. marketing teams, yeah. that is our competition. But I definitely think that there's uh, the biggest opportunity that I've ever seen in the space because there isn't anyone that I'm familiar with that does exactly what we do, yeah. period. And yeah. then there's no one that does a version of what we do as well as we do because the team that I put together is just highly, highly passionate people. The yeah. people that I'm hiring are passionate about growing the cannabis industry and yeah. are passionate about becoming the very best marketers in the space. Mm-hmm. You can pass those two tests. I can work with the rest. Yeah. But those are the two things that if you're going to work here, you have to have. And the team that we have so far absolutely has that. And we're working at a really, really high level. That is is awesome. Now, that sounds very familiar about what you thought was successful about the people you hired at Hawk. Exactly. Yeah. I learned a lot, man. I, I can't I can't give enough credit to Eric and Tony, the founders of Hawk Media. They're mm-hmm. you know, family for life. I'll consider them mentors and brothers until the end. And mm-hmm. I definitely wouldn't able to be able to pull any of this off without them. Um, and we learned a lot of great things and I learned a lot of opportunity things as well. Yeah, that's great. So I got to ask you, you know, when people sit down with you in an interview and you're looking for these two things, I mean, yeah. you, 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 you let the cat out on that one. That's what you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. How do you know it's real? That's a really good question. Yeah. My personal opinion on that is I don't necessarily need it to be real. If you can convince me yeah. If you can convince me that you're yeah. really passionate about the cannabis space and you really mm. want to become the best marketer in the space, yeah, then I can take that at face value and do what I do and train you to be the best. Now, okay, I don't, you know, I want people to be here for life, but if you can come in here and put in two hard-earned years, yeah, you're gonna leave. You're gonna leave incredibly talented at marketing because there isn't another place that you can come work with 
the top MSOs, the top emerging brands, single state operators, dispensaries, retailers, you know, the top payment processor, the, te- you know, we, <laughs> by the time you leave Matteo Fiore, you'll be in a place that you could have never dreamed of before. If you want to stay in cannabis, yeah. but if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be here because uh-huh. the, the ladder we're taking you on is to be a, a top performing cannabis partner. So, and, and that's great because, um, that's I, I love the fact that you have expectations. I'm gonna create superstars, and superstars are not gonna stay here all the time. Uh, yeah. That's an expectation. If I'm successful, you're leaving, um, yeah. right? So that I think that's good. And and so the question is, is is what the um, uh, the talent pool is today's talent pool is always looking for Ooh. is building their brand, mm-hmm. right? Building their brand. It so. The way you structured and and you put together Matteo Fiore, it, is this a place where I can build my brand? Oh, absolutely! I would love for you to come build your brand here. I, yeah. I tell I mean, I, I worked with Ashley at two, two or three days ago, yeah, and talking about submitting her for panels and writing content and uh-huh. really truly trying to turn her into a thought leader in the space. She yeah. already is a bit of a thought leader because she's worked with MedMen. She's worked with Grassdoor. She's worked with Sweet Flower, and she's mm-hmm. worked with every single California brand in the world in those three positions. So she's already pretty well known. But absolutely, I would love nothing more than to make anybody and everybody who works here a superstar. Because, like I said, like I understand that if you're highly, highly successful, there's a really great kind of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow where you end up at CMO at one of these big companies. Yeah, and that's completely fine with me. Great. Okay. That's, that's, uh, that's really cool. And uh, that's going to be attractive as you build this thing out, you know, yeah. as you, as you build Matteo Fiore agency out um, real excited. What, so tell us, what can we expect from you guys in the next six months, 12 months? Well, I would say uh, we've got a lot of very specific goals. Um, uh-huh. Probably aren't necessarily worth sh- worth sharing to everybody, but yeah. one of them is absolutely award winning campaign. Okay, um, one is absolutely to work with the biggest and best in the space. Okay, and to over impress every client we work with. So far, we haven't lost a client that okay. we've worked with, All and right. the plan is to keep it that way. I think. Yeah. Um, if you get the chance to work with us, because right now we have to be pretty specific about who we onboard and when. We're not just onboarding anybody we can. We're yeah. getting p- pretty specific about it. So, Good. you know, working with the best and build, mm-hmm. building on award-winning campaigns and building a reputation for the best possible marketing choice for the cannabis space. Oh, that's great. That's good, man. And having I, and, a hell of a time doing it. That's yeah. Really so you got to have we fun, got, right? You got to have yeah. fun. Our office here is a block from the water in Venice. You know, we're doing a lot of cool stuff with the Matteo team. We all went out to New York together and spent uh-huh. a week uh, or a weekend in Atlantic City. So, like, you know, culture, enjoyment, and process is kind of the the foundation of everything we do here. Fun, culture, enjoyment, and process. Process has to be number one for sure, but yeah. culture and enjoyment are the, the the sub too. That's that's great. I love it. Come here, be the best in the world. That's exactly. it. And huh? yep. that's it. Very simply. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. We're going for it. Madison, it's been terrific having you uh, here with us today, man. And um, I really want you to know right now, please. I love this conversation about building brands and, and, and cannabis, because that is the next big step that the industry has got to take. 
Um, and if you, you own a brand and you know, you got to build it because that's where the, you know, all these guys and girls want to sell these companies. That's where the multiples are in brands. Yep. You know? Yep. So we got to stop commoditizing this plant. I think as an industry, we're cannibalizing each other by commoditizing this plant. I don't know if, I mean, I'm on a bunch of, uh, email newsletters, you know, Mm -hmm. maps and all the top delivery services and all these, you know, basically top retailers and distributors. And every single email, every single social post, everything I get is about discounting. And we're cannibalizing each other. Uh, So I think one of the biggest things that we have to do to this plant over the next 18 months is try to decrease the commoditization of this plant. Yes. um, And start productizing it through like really cool products, right? I think Mm -hmm. beverages, I think gummies, I think different form factors are going to give you an opportunity to differentiate. I think the flower is always going to be there. I think the plant in its original form is beautiful. But I think building a brand is really going to come to bringing a form factor that people can connect with and build into their routine and also simplify consumption for some of the can of curious because as as consumers, it's our job to try to get people to consume responsibly and get people to potentially replace an opioid or a sleeping pill mm-hmm. or a depression or a depression supplement with a natural form factor such as cannabis. So I think each of us as consumers and kind of stewards of the industry have to focus on doing that responsibly Mm -hmm. as well as trying to decommoditize the space. If we can all do that, uh, we're going to be in a much better space kind of ending 2023. And on that note, I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Look, Plant Profits today had, Madison Fiore, founder of newly formed Matteo and Fiore Agency, and they're building brands in the cannabis space. And I love that. I want to thank you, um, Madison, for being here. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here on Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. You can look for our past episodes, well over 150 episodes, starting with Cannabis radio.com or make sure you and make sure you give us five star ratings wherever you 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 find us and download us and apple spotify wherever you get your your podcast we are there uh please take a listen and follow produce global my company uh through our social uh media presence on linkedin and uh insta facebook Twitter, everywhere. We are everywhere. And really uh, learn about us and learn how we help build companies and how we change people's lives. And this is protisglobal.com at P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.